everybody, and welcome to a victory edition, a victory game recap of the New York Jets defeating the Buffalo Bills 20-17 last Sunday at MetLife Stadium. We're recording this on Tuesday after the game, kind of calm down and have a more leveled, measured breakdown and analysis of this game, which a lot of people are saying is one of the biggest games in franchise history. Um, I would probably want to say it's the biggest game and most important win since 2015. Uh, we've already been saying that a lot this year. Uh, but against this Buffalo team that's incredibly talented and on defense, on offense, on special teams, their coaching staff, and what they've been able to build, this is a very impressive win for not only players, but Robert Sala, Rex Hogan, Joe Douglas. And us Jet fans, we got that victory feeling for the next two weeks. We earned this two weeks to celebrate because we have the bye coming up, but we earned these two weeks to celebrate. And ever since 2015, we've been treating the bye week as a break from watching this horrific and pathetic football team. But now all of us are going to be re-watching highlights and swinging our you-know-what-arounds on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok, on Reddit, on wherever. Because we got two weeks of being able to flex that this team, this New York Jet team, is 6-3, and three, half game out of the AFC East, and just beat the Buffalo Bills at home when they were 12 and a half point underdogs. Woo! Oh, it is. It's a good time to be a Jet fan. It's a it's a good time. And, you know, these next two weeks in the bye, it's going to be nice to, one, take a break um, from watching this team, but also for the players themselves, get healthy, get rested. Because um, there's a long season to go after this season is far from over and there's a lot of work to do and i think this team understands that just some other things about this about this game to all the bill fans out there this is for you you had a lot of injuries micah hyde's done for the year jordan poyer's out for uh, a good amount of time you're missing your right tackle You know, you're missing your, one of your starting linebackers. So you weren't your healthiest. And Bills fans are using that as an excuse for why they lost to the Jets on Sunday. But if you look at our roster, we're missing way more guys. I mean, off the, off the top of my head, we got Brees Hall, Corey Davis, Elijah Vera Tucker, Makai Becton, Dwayne Brown was out for stretches of the year. Max Mitchell, who played well at right tackle. George Fant, who was supposed to be our left tackle for the season, is gone for the year. Not for the year. He's going to be coming back very soon. Um, hopefully after the bye week. But the list goes on. And, and now Sheldon, well, he was healthy, but now Sheldon Rankins is actually injured. Um, and he's listed as uh, week to week. So hopefully the bye week he'll really be able to recover because he's a huge part of that defensive line. But... I digress. The New York Jets have had as many injuries, if not more, than the Buffalo Bills. So don't use that as an excuse. You just got beat. 
So shut up. All right, Buffalo. We get it. It's cold. There's no sun in that part of the country. I lived there for four years. Uh, it's miserable. But don't make excuses like that. Come on. And you know what? The Jets are off to their best start since 2010. That's right. 2010. About the third year where I was capable enough, intelligent enough, and old enough to engage and really understand what I was watching on the field. That Jet team was really good. They went 11-5, and lost in the AFC Championship game, went the year before. So I kind of... My first real experiences and memories with the Jets was them being successful. And then we had years of darkness all the way through my high school career from 2014 to 18. And then in college from 18 to 22, abysmal years with Adam Gase. And one bad year with Todd Bowles. So this, this team is the best one I've seen in 12 years. It's the best team any of us have seen in 12 years. So that's something to appreciate over these next two weeks as this team recovers and we recover as fans and we get ready for what we didn't expect but what this team expected from themselves which is playing meaningful games in November and December with a good chance and a competitive chance to make the playoffs and maybe win the division. But I'm not ready to go there yet. So as I always like to do in these recap episodes is review my keys to the game from the preview episode and see how they stacked up. See how my predictions kind of came to fruition. So I'll start with my first key to the game, which was for the Jets to run an efficient offense. Which included, you know, utilize, you know, running the ball, running the ball early and often, utilizing quick passing game, getting the ball out of Zach Wilson's hands quickly, making him be decisive, getting in manageable third down situations not making careless mistakes. And the New York Jets did all of that, and that helped them get a win. Zach Wilson's finishing stat line for the day was 18-25 for 154 yards and one touchdown. He had the strip sack fumble, but other than that, no interceptions. We kind of got away with one on that weird C.J. Uzama play, but hey, it wasn't called. But with Zach, he was able to use his legs on first on third downs to get first downs, which kept the defense off the field, gave them rest to prepare and get ready for that dynamic Buffalo offense. But Zach's most impressive play of the day was that third and goal right before we kicked the go-ahead field goal. Zach Wilson took a sack instead of the forcing ball into man coverage where, you know, the Bills defense played great. But Zach didn't try to play hero ball. He didn't try to make a play out of nothing. He saw that there was a bad play and he 
accepted that it was going to be a bad play. He didn't make a bad play worse. And that's growth. For a young quarterback to recognize and to be okay with having a bad play and not making a bad play a worse play, that's a huge step. The Jets also ran the ball early and often, which I think helped Zach a lot. Michael Carter had 12 carries. James Robinson, who almost didn't play, had 13 carries. Ty Johnson added two as well. And we'll get into that fourth quarter drive when I talk about the trenches. Establishing that run game and sticking to it, especially when they were down 14-3, to that really impressed me with Mike LaFleur. He didn't get away from our identity and our game plan, which is to run the hell out of the football when they were down 11 points. They stuck with what they're good at, and that put Zach Wilson in good situations to make plays and move the ball down the field. And a great way that the Jets did move the ball vertically through the air was through the quick game. And I said in the preview show that we needed to to deal with this Buffalo pass rush and their D-line. They had to utilize screen passes, RPOs, and getting our tight ends involved. And Zach Wilson, on quick, on quick game throws where he's releasing the ball under two and a half seconds, was 16 and 19 for 140 yards, one touchdown, and a quarterback rating of 114.9. I'll take that every single day of the week. Every single day. You gotta talk about screen passes. I mean, the touchdown to make the game a 17-14 game was a beautifully designed screen pass of James Robinson. We had a motion going to the left on the opposite side. The whole defense followed, I believe it was Berrios, who's been motioning. They love using him in motion. The whole defense moves over to the left side. Then you have two linemen trickle out, Herbig and Lincoln Tomlinson to the right. James Robinson kind of hides behind them, and Zach finds him for probably one of the easiest touchdowns he threw in his life. Beautiful play call in that spot. Jets also utilized some screen passes on some third downs earlier in the game. They got Barrios involved on third down. Again, using that motion, getting on a swing pass to him able to get a four or five yards on a third and two. And I, Tyler Conklin had a quiet game. CJ Uzama, I think, had his best game as a Jet, at least receiving the ball and catching the ball. Especially on third and fourth downs. I mean, that fourth and one, where Michael Floor did a great job of, one, getting Zach Wilson in space on a play-action rollout. And not trying to get, you know, seven, eight yards, just trying to get one. It actually reminded me of the play that Zach Wilson threw the interception on, his second interception, where Matthew Judon disrupted C.J. Uzama and Uzama couldn't get into the flat quick enough. It was that kind of play. And Uzama pretty much got off the line untouched, was wide open, little dink and dunk pass for a first down, got the two yards he needed. It's so a first down. That was an impressive play, and I'd really love to see more of that. And 
the Jets did a good job of utilizing RPOs. My one criticism of Zach Wilson in those situations is sometimes he doesn't actually make the read. He does not make the read. And let's go back to that second and goal. No, first and goal on that super long drive in the fourth quarter to get the go-ahead field goal. It's first and goal. The Jets are running the ball to the left side with James Robinson. Actually, James Robinson or Michael Carter on his right. They run his own read. And Von Miller crashes. Crashes towards the running back. And, you know, when I was coaching Pop Warner high, Pop Warner football, we ran a lot of zone read. And we told our quarterbacks, you see the end crash, you keep. Crash, keep. It's not the best. Um, forgetting the word. It's not the best way to remember it, but, crash, you know, if he crashes, you keep. And Von Miller crashed hard. He went straight for the running back and made a really nice play with a three-yard loss. But if Zach pulls the ball there and keeps it, he, he walks in for a touchdown. He's athletic enough. He can outrun that linebacker whose eyes are directly focused on the running back because the whole drive, Michael Carter and James Robinson and that Jet O-line absolutely destroyed the Bills' front seven. And if Zach pulls the ball there, he scores a touchdown. So I'd really like to see from Zach Wilson going forward not making a decision on a read option play before he actually reads what the defense is doing. But I did like how the Jets were able to utilize stuff in the quick game, RPO, screen passes, getting Barrios involved, getting running backs involved in the screen game, and just designing plays to get the ball out of Zach Wilson's hands quickly. Not making him do a four-step drop. Just one, two, out of your hand. I'd like to see that from Michael Floor. And the Jets did that, and they did it well against Buffalo. My second key to the game was the Jets' secondary versus the Bills' passing game. And in the first half, it looked like Buffalo kind of won that important key. First play of the game. First play from scrimmage. Josh Allen found Stephon Diggs for a 42-yard gain where Stephon Diggs hit Sauce Gardner with a nasty double move, literally creating, making Sauce Gardner's feet look like they had cement. They were, like, encased in cement. Made him look like a rookie. Thankfully, Jordan Whitehead got the interception two plays later. But at the end of the first half, Stephon Diggs had five receptions for 93 yards. In the second half, Stephon Diggs did not register a catch. In the second half, Stephon Diggs did not register a catch. And that's not because of Sauce Gardner. It's because of DJ Reed. And obviously, Sauce is the more flat. He's the flashy nickname. He's the number four overall pick. 
DJ Reed is having an all pro caliber season at cornerback and should be recognized for his efforts. He absolutely shut down Stefan Diggs, who's been one of, if not the most unguardable receiver in the NFL this season. And besides that one play in the beginning of the game, Sauce Gardner was as advertised. He had a huge interception against Josh Allen after the Jets turned the ball over to get the ball back, where then they scored to make it 17-14. But on 42 coverage snaps, he had two targets for zero catches allowed, and of course that one interception. And the Jets' secondary, they made... And the D-line, they complement each other so well, but they made... And I'll get to the Jets' D-line in a second. But they made Josh Allen look bad. I mean, that first half... Josh Allen's success came from running the ball. He had two rushing touchdowns. But at the end of the day passing, he was 18 of 34 for 205 yards and two interceptions and should have been three. Jordan White had dropped one in his hands um, late in that game. So the Jets secondary went up against the best passing offense in the NFL and shut them down. That's a legit defense. They all did their job. And for a team that's been struggling with cornerbacks since Darrell Rivas and Antonio Cromartie were on that 2010 team, it's really refreshing to see guys like DJ Reed, Ahmad Sauce Gardner, Michael Carter II performing at such a high level. Now, of course, my third and final and always always a key to the game is the trenches and the jets hit the bills in the mouth all day according to bills tackle Dion dawkins who said and i quote they came out there and they swung and swung and swung and hey they hit us a couple of times they hit us and they ended up with a win. They have a different swagger and a different confidence level about themselves. Just the fact he said they hit us. The Bills were expecting to be the aggressor. They were expecting to roll over this Jets team, this Jets offensive line, this Jets defensive line. And they got hit in the mouth. The Jets played FU football. That's what the title of this episode is. The Jets beat the Bills with FU football. Just punching you in the mouth on the offensive and defensive line. We'll start with the offensive line. They only allowed four pressures per true media. Obviously, they gave up the strip sack. But other than that, they controlled the line of scrimmage in the run game. Jets had a total of 174 yards on the ground. Michael Carter, as I said earlier, had 76 on 12 carries. They had limited penalties. Not a lot, a lot of holdings. Not a lot of false starts. And that fourth quarter, fuck you football. On that fourth quarter drive, that sucked up the clock. And got the Jets the lead at 20 to 17. The Jets ran the ball 10 times for 77 yards. 
with Michael Carter and James Robinson. That beautiful one-two combo that, imagine if it was Bryce Hall, imagine. Imagine how different this offense would be, but still. With Michael Carter and James Robinson, the two guys that we have now, and that offensive line, how they they fired off the ball, were able to get to the second level. I mean, I loved how LaFleur kept calling power plays, so getting Lincoln Tomlinson pulling, Nate Herbig pulling. And I just found out Nate Herbig's nickname is Nasty Nate because he's just a nasty football player that loves to get in your face and punch you in the mouth. I mean, that fourth quarter drive is like, that is everything you want to see from a team, whether you're a fan, a coach, or a player. It's like, we are going to be the more physical team and we're going to keep doing, we're going to keep running the ball until you stop it. And the reason too, why it works so well was because the Jets offense in that third quarter had the majority of possession. That Bills defense was exhausted. Absolutely exhausted. You had out the half, the Jets had an eight-minute drive. Strip sack fumble recovered by the Bills. Two plays later, Quinn, one play later, Quinn and Williams sack. Next play, Josh Allen interception. Bills deep back on the field. Jets score a touchdown. That Bills defense was exhausted. because, And you can tell because the Jets are getting like five yards of carry, seven yards of carry there, pushing piles. The guys are not going down after first contact. And you just love to see that. And if there's any game to convince LaFleur that, hey, like, even though we're down, we're going to still run the ball down your throat, it's that drive. That drive made me proud to be a Jet fan, and it made me proud to call Robert Sala my head coach and really be proud of this team and erase a lot of doubt that I had. Now, I'm not ready to say this team is not the same old Jets, we got to win a Super Bowl for that. I mean, there's there's no way around it. I, I don't care. I don't care what memes you put up on. I don't care about the the meme with the guy pointing at the tombstone saying the same old Jets. Like, that's... No, stop. We got to win a Super Bowl for that thing to get erased. But this Jet D-line, the pressure they get without blitzing, the type of freak beast they have on that line... Might have the D-line to do it. After that first half where, you know, Josh Allen was really able to create plays with his feet, get out of the pocket, and make things happen. You know, he had 61 yards on five carries at the half with two touchdowns. Second half, he had 25 rush yards. No touchdowns. The Jets were able to stay, keep their lane integrity, as I said they needed to do in the preview. They kept Josh out in the pocket, and instead of having him roll out to his right or left, they forced him to step up in the pocket. Which kind of nullifies his ability to run. Because I'd rather have C.J. Mosley, Quincy Williams, or Kwan Alexander try to tackle Josh Allen in space than D.J. Reed, Sauce Gardner, or LaMarcus Joyner. The size matchup's just better. The tackling ability's just better. And when Allen still threw the ball... Jets got, he got pressured 17 times. And his passer rating 
was sub 40 when he was pressured in that game. And a big reason to why that jet pressure was so good was because of guys like Jermaine Johnson and Bryce Huff that were able to take advantage of the inside pressure that guys like Quinn Williams and Sheldon Rankins were able to have early in the game. And Jermaine Johnson and Bryce Huff had the two biggest sacks of the day. I'll start with Jermaine Johnson's first. Just got back from injury. 23rd overall pick. Juco product from Independence Community College on the famous Last Chance U show. And Josh Allen did the very thing that he's been killing teams on all season and so far in his whole career. Which is getting out of the pocket to his right, making guys miss, and making it impossible for any defensive back to guard the receivers, or he just outruns the D lineman and runs for, you know, 20, 20, 30 yards, a stiff arm, a hurdle, you know, all the great things that Josh Allen does because he's an incredibly talented player. But Jermaine Johnson gets off his block chases down Josh Allen and grabs him by the leg and pulls him down. Huge sack. Humongous sack. He did something that defensive ends have struggled to do against Josh Allen his whole career. And this guy's a rookie. Huge moment for him. And Bryce Huff, with the play of the day, he's been getting so much, so much credit and attention recently. Zach Rosenblatt wrote a great piece about him in The Athletic. But I mean, that sack he had on the, the, not only the sack, the strip, the strip sack he had on Josh Allen to make it a third and 21 was, was huge. It was, it was huge. And before the game, we knew the Bills right tackle, Queen Insbury, had a really rough time against Bryce Huff when he was on Atlanta, not Atlanta, on Tennessee last year and Bryce Huff exposed him I mean his get off speed is incredible he is so fast out of his stance he's so small he's so like low to the ground and powerful with his legs like no offensive lineman wants to get as low as Bryce Huff with his speed and his strength Blows right by the guy. Gets Josh Allen's arm on his wind-up on his throw. And, you know, makes Buffalo's chances of tying the game or winning the game nearly impossible because they have to overcome a third and 21 and then a fourth and 21. And the last thing I'll say about the D-line is no selfish penalties. No bad roughing the passers, no hitting guys late, no blowing into guys. It's good, solid, fundamental football. Maybe the refs gave him a break. I don't know. It sure looked like the Jets weren't really hitting Josh Allen late or anything after plays, but the defensive line can play like that, you know, in a little over half of the games we have left, we're a playoff team. 
this defensive line continues to play the way they do, this team is a playoff team. Especially with how well our secondary is playing and how well we can run the football. So those things are all incredibly exciting. And I love to say that I think I'm pretty accurate on all my keys to the game. I mean, granted, the trenches will always be there, so I'm always going to be one for three. So I'm a little cheating there, but... And it wasn't no secret that the Jets' secondary had to step up versus the Bills' second, uh, passing offense. But the efficiency of what the offense ran, the level, the talent level that we have in the secondary, when you pair that with our running game and our our defensive line that's an elite unit in the NFL, this team's legit. This is a legit 6-3 and three team. And I think a lot of the, the doubters, including myself, and the rest of the national media, are all starting to turn around and see that this Jet team is legit. And not only is this team legit, but they love to have fun and play together, and they just have great chemistry. Like All credit to Joe Douglas and Robert Sala for bringing in these guys that see football as being fun and that love to play with each other. And I have a couple quotes here that I just want to talk about because I think they're really indicative of what this team's culture is all about and their chemistry in the locker room, which I think not only sets them up for success this year, but hopefully years to come. This is from Quincy Williams. During the week is our work day. Sunday is the time to have fun, to party. Michael Carter said, and and this is this is this was the best quote. It was really fun. Today I had fun with my friends. And then Jermaine Johnson obviously had to get a quote. Feels like a high school team. The camaraderie we've got, we're just close. We hang out outside the building and we have fun when we're in the building. It's not just business to us. We have a real life connection here and we show it. And that's a testament to Robert Sala, the culture he's created, the coaching staff he's brought in. I mean, it even goes to the social media team. It goes to secretaries, goes to the guys breaking down film, the people serving lunch, to Joe Douglas. I still hesitate to give Woody Johnson and Chris Johnson any credit for any of this. Obviously, they hired the right guys, but once we win a Super Bowl, I'll probably like them if we win a Super Bowl. If we win a Super Bowl, then I'll probably like them a little bit more. But just to hear, like, today I had fun with my friends. It feels like a high school team. Sunday is the time to have fun, to party. After they work all week at practice... I've never heard a team say that before. I've never heard a team say that before. And that's what's really special about this team. They just love playing for each other. And they have fun playing the game. And they don't care who makes the plays or who does what. They're a unit. And they have fun. And they take pride in seeing not only themselves succeed, but the next guy the guy next to him. 
And also, you know, dealing with the New York media, which is relentless, dealing with the national 24-7 hour news cycle, which is just relentless and headline grabbing and looking for controversy and drama. This team doesn't care about any of that. They don't give a rat's ass about me, about Ed Werder, about Sal Pal, about Adam Schefter, about uh, Brian Costello, Rich Semini, Zach Rosenblatt, Connor Hughes. They don't give a, they don't give a shit. They don't care. And I love this quote from Quincy Williams. And I think it's fitting because I started this portion, this reflective portion of the show with a quote from him. Quote, if they ain't taking us seriously now, Williams said, smiling. I don't really care. Just don't care that they have the hype around them. They don't care that we see them as this team is different. They expected themselves to be here. They worked their ass off. And with that attitude, maybe, just maybe, the New York Jets can just end the suffering.